Mike, it's Friday the 9th of December. Christmas is nearly upon us. That that dreaded word that we used to not talk about in agency that now I actually really look forward to. Maybe yeah, it's because we've both got young kids yeah. that don't know. This week, we've got Jamie Shepherd on. When you actually dig a little bit deeper on inheritance tax and you understand that the current relief, the current threshold at £325,000 has just been frozen again until 2028 and I'm pretty sure that was put in place in 2009 so 2009 so you look at house prices between 2009 and 2028 and you say have they grown they're probably not far off double double yeah I would say nice festive name Jamie Shepard coming on to talk about planning wills and to give people some thought provoking questions yeah so what are you looking forward to from Jamie's knowledge and wisdom in this part of the world? Okay, so Jamie's a business owner and he's a landlord. So he's gonna, he can look at this from both sides of the coin. A lot of our listeners are small business owners and looking to invest their business profits into property, yeah. which is exactly what he's done. So it gives a real insight of, you know, you're talking to someone who's, already walked that path which is great yeah i think he's so knowledgeable and he's able to think on his feet with different situations and circumstances that what we don't want to do in this particular episode is go down too many different wormholes so we're going to focus in one area we're going to get to the point teach people some lessons around planning and what to do at the beginning and what to do at the end and all the way through in a short quick fire window so it's going to be about a 20 minute episode and i think people are going to take a lot of questions from it and hopefully some golden nuggets too so should we get jamie on let's do it so jamie it's nearly the festive period we've got you on for festive reasons because your surname is shepherd how is business how is business that was a good kickoff interesting yeah uh, and i mean nearly the festive period i think my christmas tree's been up for about three weeks i did put mine up mid-november i'll be yeah. honest we were in november we went yeah. early yeah um but yeah no biz- business is really good um i was actually saying to somebody the other day um you can look on social media at the moment and there's there's lots of negativity um uh, there's lots of lots of people potentially worried about people losing their jobs how they're going to afford to heat their homes um but i mean last month was 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 our busiest month of the year um we've taken that into december we expect it to to close off but usually january is our busiest busiest month for inquiries people spend christmas together um spend time with their families and it makes them think um and usually january is by far our busiest time for it makes them think i don't want this them, anymore <laughs> make, <laughs> makes them think uh so maybe they want to protect their loved ones maybe they want to divorce their loved one who knows yeah i mean it's it's is a point that we've got to discuss and the purpose of getting you on for this podcast is for people to improve their planning. You know, they're planning for what they want to do where we can help them in the immediate, but in the long term. And what we find in January and February, one of the main reasons why we will go out and do valuations is unfortunately because people start splitting up after Christmas and people have got new plans and new goals. So in in your planning, in your world of planning, what are the most kind of common questions you get asked by your clients? And I guess before answering that, what are the most common reasons why people will come to your business that is plannings, wills? It's all about family and business owners. So what are the what are the three most common people that come and see you? They want peace of mind. Sometimes they 
that there'll be certain things that they want, whether that be to protect their children, whether that be to reduce inheritance tax, whether that be to make make sure the government doesn't get anything. Those three things are probably the key things that that people ask me. And actually, when I sit down and I say to them, okay, well, we can deal with your children by doing this. Um, well, okay, there's no inheritance tax problem because of we've got this allowance and we've got this allowance. And as long as we structure the wills like this, there's no issue. And and finally, um, well, write this will and then nothing will go to the government. But actually the whole going to the government, it's not a myth. It actually would go there, not if you didn't write a will, but if you had no family, if you had no parents, if you had no siblings, if you had no spouse, if you had no cousins, if you mm-hmm. had no ne- nieces and nephews, it would go there. But that's very, very slim. Because well, at the moment, Mike, everyone's very like, anti-government, aren't they? We've had an absolute car crash of things going on in the UK for the last couple of years, um, going all the way back to sort of Cameron Brexit all the way to now. You think about that timeline. People don't want to give the, the government their hard-earned money because they give it away enough in tax you well, know, yeah, you and, look at, and everything. You look at inheritance tax, and, and sometimes, even though it's it's a subject that I talk about, probably three or four times a day, it still baffles me that you pay tax all your life. And then when you pass your wealth, whatever's left, onto your children, they could pay tax on receiving it. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's mind-blowing. And when you actually dig a little bit deeper on inheritance tax and you understand that the current relief, the current threshold at £325,000 has just been frozen again until 2028. And I'm pretty sure that was put in place in 2009. So 2009. So you look at house prices between 2009 and 2028, and you say, have they grown? They're probably not far off. Double. Double. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, 13 year period. It's, it's essentially that's their stealth way of increasing the tax threshold by doing nothing with it. Yeah. I mean, last year, apparently the receipts of inheritance tax were something like £5.1 billion. Pounds. Um, I'm constantly coming across people that are oblivious to it. Sorry, £5.1 billion pounds last year. Something along those lines. Something don't, around don't that. Quote me on that. But I just yeah. did, but yeah, just did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but around that <laughs> amount of money, over five billion pounds. Yeah, was received by the government through inheritance tax. Correct. So the one golden nugget. So let's get into that part. Let's sort of let's debunk that podcast. So this podcast episode. Sorry. So the the one golden nugget that you could give someone that's maybe a landlord that's got two properties and their own residential definitely going to have over 320 325 grand whatever number you said it was um how can they help their children what can you advise them to do in that situation to ensure all that hard earned money all that hard earned effort that they've got to to have that kind of portfolio of two properties and a residential it's going to be way over a million especially around here in terms of assets probably closer to two million what do they do Okay, so in terms of the numbers, the £325,000 is is per person, but there's an additional relief. So, for example, if there is a single person and he's got children and he's got a main residence, as long as he gives his main residence to his children and the main residence is worth, let's just say, £500,000, okay, and there's no mortgage on it, then the children can receive £500,000 tax-free. Mm-hmm. Anything over the £500,000 limit is going to be taxed at 40%. 
40%. So if there are two buy-to-let properties and they're currently at two, 200,000 each and there's no mortgage on those, and that is his estate, he's got a 900,000 pound estate. So 400,000 pounds would be taxed at 40%, which is a 160,000 pound bill. Now, in terms of golden nuggets for him, unfortunately, um, when you've got property, you've got the whole, well, if you retain a benefit from the property, it's yours. So sometimes people will say, ah, oh, I'll sign that house over to the children. I'll live seven years and it's no longer mine for inheritance tax. Well, are you going to stay living in the house? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Okay. Well, the house is still yours. doesn't matter if you live in it for 12 years, 15 years, 20 years. Um, there is a, a nugget that if you pay market value rent, so you sign your main residence over to your children, you pay market value rent mm -hmm. that needs to be um, looked at every single year by an independent estate agent, um, then that property will be outside of your estate after seven years. There are not many people that can afford to pay market value rent by doing that. Mm -hmm. You've then got the problems with the buy-to-lets. If you were to put the buy-to-lets in the children's names right now, you've potentially got a stamp duty. You've potentially got a capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. So actually, you look at those two and you think, is it worth weighing up between that tax now during lifetime and inheritance tax? Now, if you've got an inheritance tax liability of £160,000, could you plan for that a better way? Could you take out a life insurance policy that would cover that debt, for example? Now, this is aimed at anybody, but anybody who's got a life insurance policy, anybody who's got a death in service policy through work, and anybody who's got more than one pension or one or more pensions, those three things can be set up to pay outside of your estate for inheritance tax. But if they're set up incorrectly, they'll be inside your estate for inheritance tax, okay? And obviously, if you've got £900,000 in property and you've got a further £500,000 in insurance, yep. you've just added another £200,000 to your tax bill. Set it up correctly, okay, and you've got the 500 k to pay the, the 160 Now, inheritance tax, people believe it's a... Um, you can you can get around it. I often have people knocking on my door saying, how do I not pay it? If, if you've got property and you don't shift it from your estate, you, you're going to pay it. There's no getting around it. You're going to pay it. You can mitigate it. You can plan for it. So it's an optional tax in that sense because you can plan for it. Okay. Um, you do have certain ways. So if you're talking to a landlord that maybe has got five properties, maybe those properties are owned in a company. Mm -hmm. There are certain structures out there that currently business relief would be applied to those properties. And in that situation, mm -hmm. the properties that are hold, held in a, a limited company would be outside of the estate for tax purposes. So it would just be the main residence that would be taxed. That's interesting, Mike, because, again, I, I imagine it's another reason why people should really think about when they buy a buy-to-let from day one, what are the... A's and B's list or the pros and cons list of doing it in your personal name and in a limited company's name. And that's another reason that I actually haven't thought about before that you would put a tick box in, in the limited company's name. It's yeah. quite an interesting one, isn't it? It's all about planning ahead, Ian, essentially. Um, and the question for Jamie really comes is, 
you're a landlord yourself, so you've got good, great experience of the entire of the entire situation. If you're now in the position, which a lot of our listeners are, of cash is in the bank, thinking about investing it in property, we always talk about when to engage with people. When do they engage with you, the will writer? So um, I've tried my best to educate key people of influence, whether that be the mortgage broker, whether that be the accountant, whether that be the estate agent. But ultimately, it's down to that key person to, to say to their client, have you got this in place? And sometimes people, if, if you say, have you got a will in place? And the client says, yes, then you'll leave it there. But actually, is that will relevant? Is that will taken to affect your recent purchase? Now, the will doesn't need to be updated to, to add a recent purchase, but actually your planning may well now be off. And going off task there, Mike, it's interesting in what you were saying about should you own a property in a personal name or should you own it in a business name? Because um, initially when I purchased my, my buy-to-let property in April, I obviously had the same question going through my head. And I decided to go in personal names for a couple of reasons, the mortgage was was higher in the business name, um, but looking at it now, the fact that I believe the income from the property could have just gone into a company, I could have either put that income into my pension, put that income into uh, more property, just pay corporation tax rather than a forty um, percent income tax on it. I probably would have thought about that. Now, obviously, I'm now in a situation where if I want to put that property into my limited company, I'm going to pay. Yeah, you'll be buying it off duty. yourself, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So it all comes down to making, we spoke about it before, getting the right advice from day one, planning correctly, and then setting yourself up with your end goal in mind. Because your goal of the buy-to-let that you just spoke about was not to sell it in two years' time. It was to keep it, and, and it's a pension plan of sorts. So, but we look at we look at your landlords, your landlords that have got more than one property running a business, whether it's in personal names or or in a limited company running a business. Now, if something happened to one of them and they they were to lose mental capacity, so no decisions can be made on their behalf. How would that affect you as a business? If you've got a client that's got ten properties. They're providing you a, a fair chunk of income per month. You cannot make decisions on their properties. You cannot make decisions around their bank accounts. Potentially income to you will stop. Potentially income from the client will stop. How would that affect you as a business? And the answer is it will probably be quite problematic. Now, when purchasing a property or when engaging with a, with, with a client, um, I would ask them if they've got a lasting power of attorney in place. Do they know what it is? Do they know about the importance? Do they know it's just not for an old person? Because yeah, I mean, things can happen it. at any time, can't you? You can have a car crash on the way on the way home, and someone needs to be making decisions on your on your behalf. I know you're you've got a hundred sort of reasons and and um, and examples of of Kate Garraway's situation in the last year where she didn't have a that power of attorney in place, so couldn't make any decisions on her husband's behalf whilst he was in a coma for. How many months was it? It was a crazy amount, of, amazing, amazing amount of time, but it leaves everything totally frozen and just impossible to deal with. So it's 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 the right advice, and kind of leaves me thinking when people buy a buy to let, maybe looking at their point in life is 
a trigger to whether they're inve- whether they're buying the house or the flat in in one structure or another. Yeah, I, I totally think so. So as we as we spoke about, kind of you get into that festive situation or the festive um, time of year, and situations arrive and things happen. But one thing that I would advise any of our listeners or anyone that's watching this on YouTube is to really spend this little bit of time where maybe you're not at work to just get your affairs in order Mm. because we don't know what's around the corner none of us know and to actually get your affairs in order is the one thing that's gonna protect the next generation i I, uh, made a post on linkedin actually this morning that was talking about the importance of parenting at the moment for the next generation and how actually they're going to inherit this sort of car crash generation of what's gone on over the last 10 years from an economy point of view and house prices and everything but one thing we can do is as parents at the moment that are in property that's why people are listening to this podcast is to make sure they're protected on our behalf that's something we can control if we can't control the the parliament and the government and things like that we can control the amount of money that our children and the next generation or our loved ones or whoever it may be get and the minimal amount of tax that we can set up for them is the right way to do it because we're paying enough tax on the assets at the moment anyway so the the last thing that i would ask jamie is it feels to me that people that are in a level of power or the next level of finances they have a way of not paying any tax sometimes on these types of estates and things like that and i know there's been some press case examples I know you can't talk about tax avoidance or anything like that, but on an sort of off the record chat with tongue and cheek, how do these people do that? So these people will have their personal advisors. Um, the Duke of Westminster passed away in 2000 and, and left a, a £9 billion property company to his son. So Hugh Grosvenor left a £9 billion property company to his son Property not, company, that, that's property quite... Property company yeah. to his son, Eaton Square Property Limited, and not a penny of inheritance tax was paid. So there are ways. First bit of advice, be a duke, I imagine. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, Everyone actually, has just looked at that on company's house. <laughs> some, <laughs> some, sometimes... Be an usher at a royal's wedding. <laughs> sometimes even the most basic planning can, can help. Um, you might have a landlord that is out there that's got multiple properties in his sole name. And actually, he's got a partner. They've been together 20 years. They've got kids. They're not married. Now, this law in this country does not care about people that are not married, does not favor people that are not married. So actually, simply get married, write a will. And instead of on your death, 40% of all your properties being taxed going to your partner, your properties can go to your wife tax-free. And you can double that allowance going down to your children. Can you hear those wedding bells, Ian? <laughs> it's an interesting conversation. And we could go down all sorts of wormholes with you. And, you know, we'll talk about it again in, in future podcasts. We can go down all sorts of different avenues because it is so personal to each individual. You know, I've got plans that I want to do with with property, this, that and the other. And I have to really now think about those plans. What's the end goal and how does that impact the people that I want to benefit from that, including myself for the next 10 years and my wife and my children, whoever. Um, <laughs> And what I would say for anyone that is uh, listening or watching this this podcast episode, what we've done today is we've given a little bit of advice 
and quite a few thought-provoking questions as well. And from my point of view, I would say if, if you want some advice around this, we don't sell on this podcast, but what I would say is if you do want some advice as a landlord from someone that knows what they're talking about and you want to get in contact with Jamie, reach out to us. We'll put you in contact with him because every situation is different. I've listened to some of the calls um, that Jamie has with different businesses and things like that. You know, from my point of view, it's something that I think people should really have those conversations with someone like you or definitely from our point of view with you. So reach out to us. We'll put you in contact. Hope you've enjoyed the questions. Hope you've made some lists on that. You've got some time on your hands over the festive period and just think about what's your goal, what do you want to achieve out of it and how do you need to plan to set things up? So, Jamie, thank you for coming on our podcast for the second time, the second episode. Thank you, gents. When we do the third, you in Soccer AM, you get a football. Here you get something else that we haven't quite established yet because we've not had three on. So we'll find out. Can we stick Mike in goal? We could do. Maybe a, maybe a Toblerone. They're a festive uh, chocolate treat at the moment. Mike, Jamie, see you both soon. So, Mike, Jamie's left the building, as we hoped. Some thought-provoking questions there, really. Yeah, I've got more questions than answers. <laughs> Me too. Frankly, <laughs> um, there's obviously no great way of, of making everything work in every way because whichever way you turn, tax will always be paid unless you're the duke of something, apparently. Yeah. Um, but if you can plan from day one and know what the end game is, you can do it in the most efficient way possible. Absolutely. I spent most of my mid-20s to early 30s as a personality that would just go, okay, I want to do that and then do it yeah. and not really think about the circumstances that might affect me now. You know, yeah, well, like, yeah, in your 20s, you're immortal, right? There yeah. is, there's, there's, there's no looking at future in, in that sense. So, you know, buying property, buying buy-to-lets and how you set it up. But actually sort of in my mind I've got this kind of picture of the perfect kind of buy to let buy to let pros and cons sheet or every time you make a financial decision whether it's a commercial purchase whether you start a business um, whether you buy a simple residential buy to let in my head I've now got this this checklist that from doing this podcast and hopefully the same for the people listening to this podcast we privileged that we get to actually ask the questions here but I'm now building more and more questions on the pros and cons checklist of how to actually then almost build a flow chart that takes me to the inevitable path. It's almost like a maze, isn't it? You kind yeah. of, there's the end of the maze. Here is where I am now. And which route am I going to go down to yeah. actually get the end result? And this particular episode with Jamie has definitely helped me with a few questions on yeah. there. Well, every action that you take causes a reaction. So whether you buy in a company name, it will cause something to happen. Whether you buy in a personal name, it will cause something else to happen. If you buy as a couple, it will cause something else. And if you buy on your own, it will cause something else. Yeah. And it's about learning that and understanding and knowing what your exit plan is. Because anyone who has ever started a business knows whether they knew that at the time or not. Yeah. You got to know what your exit plan is. Otherwise, you start a business and you don't know how to get out. Yeah, totally agree. So next week... On the next episode, we're going to spend the next couple of days really getting into the detail of what's going to happen when the next Bank of England base rate is, is reviewed, which I think is on the 16th. Um, what's going on with mortgage rates at the moment? We spoke a lot about that, but we're now starting to see a lot of those drop down. But I don't think there's ever been a bigger gap 
between the same product on the same fixed rate on the same loan to value at the same price the gap in terms of what one bank to another is going to charge you is as vast as i've ever seen it and it could be the difference of hundreds of pounds worth of potential profit for a buy to let investor yep. so we're going to talk more about that over the course of this week so that in the next episode we can really get into the crux of it because it is an interesting time at the moment so if you're active and you're you've got a pot of cash at the moment you're thinking Next year's the year to invest. Prices have dropped over the last four months. They probably are going to drop again over the next four months and then maybe the following four months. So you've got an opportunity to strike. Chain breaks are unbelievably um, frequent at the moment, unfortunately for sellers. But it does mean if you're the bottom of the chain and you're a buy-to-let landlord, you've got a chance for deals. We're seeing those deals at the moment. So if you're listening, you want to know about those deals, you want some advice, some strategy, and want to take advantage of some opportunity, Speak to me or Mike, and we will help you with your next strike when it comes to what property you're going to go for. And Mike, I'll see you next week. Will do. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They just have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year. Yeah. But why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital gains yeah. tax, and obviously your stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast, and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.